Today, we have a conversation with Joe Pena. We talk about her career and how she became famous using social media such as LinkedIn. Enjoy the episode here today on Safety FM. Broadcasting live from the Safety FM studios in Orlando, Florida, here is your host, Dr. Jay Allen on Safety FM. This episode of the broadcast and the podcast is brought to you by Safety Focus Moments. They're consultants that want to help you get the safety culture you've been looking for. For more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. Well, hello, and how are you? Did you enjoy your Labor Day weekend? And today is the first day back, so we get to do some fun stuff if you're right here in the great U.S. of America. Well, here at Safety FM, we are just trucking right along as we start off this glorious month of September. Well, people keep on asking me about the shirts. The shirts are available at safetyfm.com. And then if you go into the section that says shirts, they are available. You go to the website, go ahead and place your order and they will make it to you. I will tell you they will make it to you. I have already ordered several just to test out to see how it worked. And we do have show specific shirts on there. If you are interested anywhere from the pre-accident investigation with Dr. Todd Conklin, all the way to safety talks with Steve Sisson. So go ahead and take a look at it there on the website. Let me tell you one more thing before we get the interview started. If you're interested in becoming a safety broadcaster or podcaster, come to our website. We would love to get some information from you and see how you might be able to fit into our lovely network here of safety podcast and safety broadcast. Let me not actually take up too much more of your time. Let's get the interview started here today with Joe Pena as she actually discusses her career, how she was able to get into safety, and the traction that she's bringing by using social media platforms such as LinkedIn. Let's get the interview started here on Safety FM. Now you can hear us around the world streaming 24-7 at safetyfm.com. Enjoy the best safety shows on the planet on safetyfm.com. And normally where we start with the whole thing is I always like to have the conversation with people because I kind of looked a little bit at your history and some of the things that you've done. Why did you decide to go down this path of safety? It's normally not where most people start. And it doesn't look where you start, like where you started either. So why did you decide to do this? Well, I I kind of fell into it like many people. I started as an environmental health and safety uh, coordinator back in 2006. But before that, I was actually an environmental planner. And uh, I moved from where I was to a new location. And that was the position that was open, the environmental health and safety coordinator position. And you know what? I, I liked it. And then from, uh, from a coordinator, I transitioned into the safety manager role. And that's what I've done for the last maybe nine years, 10 years. Yeah, I mean, it looks like you've been doing this for quite a while. And it, just based on some of the research I was able to do on you, it looked like you came in through like um, doing some different things. I guess what I would consider not the normal safety path, at least from my, my perception, but I could be absolutely wrong. Because when I start looking at it, of course, you have your bachelor's degree, and then you you with natural resources and conservation. So it's right. a, definitely a different twist. So were you doing were you doing like environmental back then, or what exactly does that kind of go around? Well, just to let you know, my high school was the high school for environmental studies. So you kind of see where I've 
you oh, know, nice. I've always <laughs> ventured, or I have always been interested in the environment, but I've always liked to uh, to work with people as well. So I I was a little uh, I was a little conflicted because I didn't want to follow the environmentalist path because I also wanted to work with people. And I found that uh, being an environmental health and safety coordinator actually combined those two perfectly. I, I felt that they were in perfect harmony. So it was a big win uh, for me when I realized, oh, this is really what I want to do. So as you started going down this path, I noticed it roughly it was like 2002 when you were doing your your conservation stuff, and then you kind of continue down with the city and the ur- city, urban community, and regional planning. So as you're moving forward, it looks like there's a change come give or take about 2008, where safety and health has already started playing a factor in your background back in looks like early 2006, give or take. So why all of a sudden pursue the certificate in regards of safety if you're already kind of doing some of the safety coordinator standpoints? So the question is why I... Pers- no, this is not a job interview, just in case, because I know some of these questions can come across that no, way. It. It's like, it's for this interview purposes. It's fast, and I speak three languages, so I have to uh, listen to your English and then translate it in my brain into uh, something I can comprehend. <laughs> Nosotros podemos hablar en español si quieres, pero mucha de la gente no lo van a entender. Wow, qué acento más lindo tiene usted. Oh, gracias. Yeah, but a lot of people will get lost in in our in our English interview here, so I'll throw them off. I apologize about that. Isn't that fun though, the fact that you can do that? Oh yes, especially because most people don't think I can, so that's the fun part. I, you know what, it's going back to uh, my city planning degree, I I was then, I became an environmental planner, and then I moved, and because I had the environmental aspect in, in my background, it was easier for me to apply for the environmental health and safety coordinator position, which is why I, you know, that's where I started in my, in my safety career. That's really what kicked off my safety career. That was the catalyst. Uh, that environmental health and safety coordinator position, which absolutely you're right, it was around 2006 or so. Well, the the, the interesting part is the more research that I've done with you or on you, better saying, because the thing was that I have found you on LinkedIn and you have quite a few videos that you post about different stuff. Um, I had seen some stuff that you had posted in regards to your PPE and things to that extent. It really kind of triggered it in regards of how you were taking this different approach because as I did more and more things looking into your background, it looked like you were doing a lot of stuff with risk controls. And then when I started digging even further, I was like, so she's done environmental environmental health and safety, <laughs> but she also did not come from that background. So I was like, this is very intriguing because I always like to talk to people that come from different walks in regards on how they got to where they're at. Right. So it intrigued me and I looked at it and I go, well, you're doing the videos. So you do have kind of like a target area or target market that you're kind of going behind. So what inspired you as you moved forward? Because the thing is that once you actually started getting into safety, you really have become a go-getter. I mean, you went ahead and you got your certifications through the American Society of Safety Professional. Mm-hmm. And besides that, you got one, you got two back to back in the same year, which is kind of normally unheard of, but that's what you decided <laughs> to I do. So you're, try. you're doing this. <laughs> oh, and mo- mo- most people can't say that. And I'm not, you know, I'm not dogging anyone who hasn't passed the first time out, but you, you have two within the same year, right. which is very interesting on how it works. And by the way, I never, ever want to take those exams again. <laughs> <laughs> so CEUs are in your future. <laughs> those exams again. Uh, but I think what you're asking is how is it that um, 
that I started making these videos? What, what is it that triggered me to, to start engaging more? Yeah, exactly. Uh, you know what? I, I have a great appreciation for LinkedIn, but I find it incredibly dry. And it's unfortunate because I think that there's a lot of professionals out there who have some really great things to say. Uh, but when it be, when it comes to safety, I just I, I, I felt that the message was not being received uh, in, in the way that it should. It should be communicated. I think safety should be communi- communicated in a personal way, in a personal manner. And, and that's why I thought, you know what, let me give this a try. I, I'm going to put myself out there. I mean, it takes a lot for me to put those videos on LinkedIn. I'm actually really shy, <laughs> believe it or not. Uh, but I wanted to contribute good content that people could, could watch for two, two, three minutes and take something away that could benefit them out in the field or on the factory floor. I wanted, I wanted it to be engaging and relevant. And so far, it, it's been working for me. I'm really surprised at the... Uh, at the feedback that I've received from professionals, safety professionals as well. So I'm very pleased with that. Well, the interesting part is that you, I, the, one of the first videos that I got to see was you actually reviewing a PPE and, I, and you went into detail about it. <laughs> and, I, and I believe, if I remember correctly, the one that I was watching, you were inside of your vehicle as you were doing the recording. If I remember correctly, if I don't, please don't hold it yeah, against me. Okay. But you were going over the information and, and then what you were, you know, what your thought process about the whole thing was. And it was such a different concept because I'll tell you a lot of the people that I get to interact with, they don't go about it in regards of giving detailed information of what their thought process is. And keep in mind that a lot of the, we'll say safety experts that are out there normally have a sponsor or someone behind mm-hmm. them. So of course I might have the greatest product because of course they're also paying me, but that's not the approach that you're taking. So as you're seeing people kind of, interact with you as you're doing this what's your i guess what's your end goal if you don't mind me asking are you trying just to kind of bring this to light i know that you referenced that some of the things on linkedin are dry but what are you trying to accomplish are you trying to i guess accumulate all of this information and then really be able to kind of have like a one place or one stop shop where people can come to and go okay well this is a review of what you what you've seen and this is probably what i should go with yeah that's a good question i would say that it's evolving (laughs) <laughs> this has been a project that I've taken on. I, I don't recall when my last video was posted, but it's been about two months. And I'm, I'm learning as I go. I'm, I'm looking to see what people get excited over. Uh, I don't necessarily have an end goal because, again, this is so relatively new. I would consider this more of a pilot, uh, see if it works or not. Uh, but my ultimate uh, purpose, I should say, is to provide information information in a way that people can understand. I, I've had uh, people from all over the world send me messages asking, hey, Joe, what do you think about this? Uh, should I inform my upper management about this particular issue? Or, Joe, how is it that you were able to become CSP? Can, can you send me some links uh, for resources? So being available for, for that network, for that safety network, I think is really satisfying to me, and I like uh, the engagement and the fact that I'm able to provide something of value in two minutes or less or three minutes or less is very satisfying to me. So that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm enjoying being able to contribute to the safety world in a way. So have you thought about doing it in some of the other languages that you know as well? I have, and I've actually received really good feedback. I posted, uh, there was one video where I, where I say a, a few people words in in Spanish and I got you know my really good friend Abby and a few other other people had 
suggested that I do a safety phrase of the week in Spanish, for instance. And, you know, I'm considering those ideas to see how, uh, how I can engage the network. Uh, I, I also don't want to be predictable as well. <laughs> so I want to keep my audience engaged. I've had some people reach out to me regarding some specific requests for oil and gas, for instance. I've had others mention, uh, you know, confined space. Uh, so I'm looking at what's happening out, out there in the world. I was thinking of doing a talk on trenching because there, there were a couple of fatalities that occurred, which were tragic. Uh, so how can I help prevent those things from happening? What message can I put out there to help people prevent fatalities? Because the reality is, yes, it's professional. We, we help people stay alive, and it's really that simple. Maybe having a conversation about wearing the right gloves could reduce a laceration, or wearing the right you know, headgear could prevent somebody from having a concussion. Uh, so these things are important to me, and I'll take it one day at a time and see what comes up. But certainly Spanish or French, uh, the decre, <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll, we'll just see how it goes. Well, I'll tell you, definitely the Spanish market is picking up. There's a lot of requests that I get as well in regards of actually interacting with people in Spanish. So I think that's a really good market for you. Now, the funny part is that you're saying that you want to make sure that your your audience is paying attention into the different things that are going on. And that, you know, at the end of the day, what you're really trying to do is assist people in making sure that they still make it home alive. Now, as you notice that, I always have to ask the question because it's going to come up, uh, come up at some point or the other. Most people fa- feel like they're an evangelist for safety. So if you had to say that you had a particular wheelhouse that you believed in in particular in regards of safety, would you say that you're more of a, a systems person, a lean person, behavior-based, human and organizational performance? Which way do you feel that kind of gathers more into which, the kind of safety that you teach? I would say I, I dab in all of those that you mentioned, but what I enjoy the most, because I, I feel very strongly that you should enjoy what you do, and what I enjoy the most about safety, it, it's people and people relationships. So more perhaps on the BPS side, the behavioral-based safety, uh, but the, the people aspect of it is what I is what I like and what I enjoy. I can, I can quote standard, I can quote 1910, 1926, but it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Absolutely, because I always find it funny because when people mention that, it's like, it's a good thing to know, but sometimes those standards change. So it's it's good to have in your memory, but a bad thing too, but you know that as well. So Absolutely. And it doesn't mean anything to anyone if the person that you're explaining this to doesn't understand or doesn't think it's important. Uh, so how can you make the message of safety relatable? So that's why I think the, the expression, let's, let's go back home the way we started, or we want you to return home the way you started here safely is really impactful. And then making people aware of their mortality. I, I think sometimes especially for instance laborers they, they they don't really think about how dangerous their job is and having that safety urgency i think it's critical so again going back to people making it relatable to people how can people connect to this message processes systems they're great tools but ultimately the person is the one that has to implement and make that decision to be safe it's really a personal decision well, would you also say to some extent that you have to figure out that in some organizations, error is normal, where everybody does make errors. It's just really kind of how we build the safeguards around Correct. them that's going to make it sure if we actually survive or not. 
Because I think that sometimes what we tend to forget is that some of our best workers probably have the most errors per se, but they just know how to work around them the best. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And some errors carry more risk. I mean, <laughs> some some errors could, could give you a paper cut and some errors could cut your whole entire arm. Uh, so I think we as right. professionals, we need to make those decisions and educate our people as much as possible on the risks, for instance. Absolutely. And I I agree with you wholeheartedly and 100%. And we're talking right now with Joe Pena here on Safety FM. So as you're actually doing these videos, and I know that you're right now working for a separate organization, how do they feel about you doing the videos? Do they encourage you to continue on or do you kind of have a weird perspective on it? Are they going, hey, are you trying to do your own thing? Because I know that sometimes some people look at it differently. How is the general feeling, especially interacting with an insurance company or insurance service? <laughs> well, better my, say. my boss is not, <laughs> my, is not a connection on my LinkedIn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what? I, I'm very, very happy to work for such a great organization. I haven't received any feedback, uh, negative feedback. I have received very encouraging feedback. I'm also very aware of what I post simply because I am representing such a fantastic company. Uh, and my, my content is also intended to provide my producers uh, with with information that they, they can provide their clients as well. Uh, so I am very aware of what I post, simply because I do have to represent my company. No, because as you are aware, sometimes if they find out that you're doing this kind of stuff, not a bad thing, but sometimes you end up becoming a spokesperson for something that you didn't intend to do starting off and it becomes something entirely different inside of the organization because it was like, hey, I started off doing this as kind of a fun thing. And now that it won't be a fun thing still then, but now all of a sudden it's more of a a job designation inside of the organization. That's the reason I asked. Correct. Yeah, I haven't received that call yet. (laughs) (laughs) Give it time, right? Give it time. (laughs) I haven't heard anything. It's in relation to that, so I may get a call after this, actually. <laughs> Good question. So right now, as talking about, talking about the different things that you've done so far and how you're actually portraying safety and how you want to make it kind of fun and how you want people to understand, you know, the, the main goal is to make it home. What do you think that most people that are, let's say, for instance, that are not in, we'll say, in the safety world, per se, but they're still like normal operators, what do you think that their biggest misunderstanding is about safety with somebody who's like in your particular role where they might get confused on what you do in a day in day out basis? Well, I think I make it look too easy <laughs> to be honest with you. Cause I have people say, Oh wow, how can I get your job? And, and they don't see really the, uh, the hard work that, that went into me becoming who I am. Uh, but I think again, there's just, um, uh, I, I don't really know. It's really hard to tell what people think. But overall, I would just say that, um, that yeah, you know, I, 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 I trigger a lot of curiosity in regards to what I do and where I've been and, and kind of my journey as a safety professional. Uh, but overall, that's what I would say, that, um, that I, I make it look easy. And it's not. It is not easy. Being a safety professional, it is not an easy, it's not an easy responsibility to take. Well, I mean, to some extent, you have to look at it as, yeah, people might look at you that you're a consultant to some extent, but you're also responsible for the life of others, even if it it might be in a paper type of way, but you're developing some of those structures in place to make sure that people are getting home safe and they don't see the, the time, the hours and the efforts that you have to put in to make this a successful system. And sometimes people get confused on oh, that must be a cakewalk job because they don't understand what all you've had to put into the background. 
And I think that maybe that might be some of the misunderstandings, but that's just my perception. I can only, and everybody's experience is much different. Of course, your experience is going to be different than mine. I mean, you have a really interesting journey on where you've, where you've been and how you've made it to where you're at. And the, what I find so interesting is you've taken these different approaches and now you've turned it into something fun that people can, you know, they're going through LinkedIn and they can go say, Hey, here's a review. Let's take a look at, at what you have to offer because not everything on LinkedIn, and this is just my opinion. So I'm not putting words in anyone's mouth is the best stuff out there. Sometimes you go through some of these things and it's, they can take to these dark interwebs that you might not want to go down and you're just as more of, I'll call, I call it happy-go-lucky, and I mean that in, in the best way <laughs> possible, but you, you, ha, you have content because I think that sometimes people forget how important it is to smile when you're actually having a conversation with someone, and you do it as, like, you could almost feel with some of your reviews that you're sitting there with mm -hmm. you having the conversation, like you're sitting there presenting it, so it's much different than some of the different approaches that other people take, so I, I really appreciate what you're doing out there. So I guess really some of the other things that I would like to like to bring up if people want to know more information about you how could they go about contacting you or just kind of being finding out what you're doing and you know up and up and next or up and coming and what you're doing in the safety arena well i think the best way to get a hold of me is actually sending me a direct message i i respond uh relatively quickly to questions that i that i find are appropriate <laughs> uh and that i can help uh so i i certainly appreciate um direct messages through linkedin I'm, all, I'm almost a little timid to ask what you meant by that, that you find appropriate. Hopefully, you're not getting open to inappropriate comments through there. Uh, well, I, well, it's interesting because being a woman in the safety industry, I think that um, comes with, it, it, with its own unique challenges, and, and especially the one like me, because I don't necessarily look like the, the historical safety professional. Let's just put it that way, to be politically correct. Uh, so, I... I think that there's a little bit of, of confusion I when when especially men approach me with certain things and certain questions. I, I cause a little bit of confusion because they, they may be attracted to what I have to say, but I'm also attractive. <laughs> and it creates a little bit of gray area. And I've been, uh, I've been asked a lot about my personal life, which I don't think is relevant to safety. Uh, let's just give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's just assume that um, they have good intentions. But again, I'm only responding to questions that relate to safety and, and things that I feel or think are valuable. And it's just a disclaimer because unfortunately, it's a reality and it happens sometimes. Yeah, and the unfortunate portion is that those things do happen in the world and they're not the greatest thing and of course i can only give you a male's perspective not a female's perspective as you probably are aware but i mean it has to be very interesting especially trying to come up and then people trying to go a different angle with it so <laughs> I'm, i can't say that i can apologize for everyone but it's ter it's a terrible thing to hear yeah it is what it is but anyway i i don't let those things distract me i think i have some great uh great information to offer to the world i you're right i have a very interesting technique different approach uh, it's, it's very happy-go-lucky, and it's intended to be that way because I think it relates more to my audience. My audience is able to uh, to connect more with that message. And that's the important part. At the end of the day, you want to make sure that the people that are following you or the audience or whoever, you know, the, the people that you're influencing, they're able to relate to what you have to offer. Well, Joe, I really do appreciate you coming on to Safety FM. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I hope you have a wonderful day. 
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen.